0: welcome to indigo air the podcast
1: where we fuck your preconceptions of reality yes
0: that's what we're doing for episode three it might stick <laughs> will let us know in the comments
1: we're gonna do it for every episode okay
0: <laughs> set in stone today we're talking about the tetragrammaton i'm not sure if you've heard about it but inspiration
1: yeah so the inspiration of this episode it's really the same as the last one where um i woke up in the middle of the night And I got two words, tetragrammaton and Dionysus. And I didn't know really anything about either of those things, but I assumed you would. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So lately, I've always had this concept that uh, dreams are just, you know, the nighttime version of reality. Because if you think about it, a lot of what you do during the day... uh, it tends to influence your dreams and then obviously your dreams can even change the, the things you do throughout your day like it changes your mood it might change decision making so really what we're, we're dealing with is is a constant flow of a different type of consciousness and so i think that the dreams actually hold a lot more information and wisdom and importance in our existence than we give it credit for in the modern times you, people like freud and young thought that they were the foundation of your personality and they'd often give you hints to that. So when she received that, there was a bunch of other weird things that were happening. Like I had this realization that that there was something happening in the dream world is what I said when I woke up. And so when she said Tetragrammaton and, and Dionysus, she felt that they were, they were definitely interlinked somehow. And I knew a lot about Tetragrammaton, very little about Dionysus besides the fact that it's basically the Christ story. But I was curious because you were intent that um that these two two things were connected and i think we begin to find the connection with that with the tetragrammaton being possibly the true one god and then Dionysus being the christ figure which would make sense and all we need is the third part which is the holy spirit and possibly maybe the original name or idea behind that which might actually be ruach maybe we'll talk about that in another episode so, so looking at just the word tetragrammaton you told me that uh, it just means four letter word
1: that's what i read
0: yeah, yeah. so I mean, that, I think that connects directly to the YHVH, which yeah. in Exodus 3.14, what that means is, I am that I am, or I will become what you need me to become. Now, these are two extremely important phrases, and you'll you'll probably remember if you're studied it all in Christianity that um, when Jesus is asked by the Roman soldiers who he is, he says, I am that I am. And mm-hmm. if you think about that idea in general, maybe like Descartes says, um, I, I, uh, I think, therefore I am. You know, and this idea that whatever you think you are, you kind of become whatever you believe yourself to be. What's more interesting is that in Exodus 314, the actual translation is I will become what you need me to become. He's talking to Moses and Moses is asking uh, God and when he goes back to tell the people that he's been ordained by this being. says, who should I tell them you are? This God at that point does not give him a name. This is a mistranslation. People say, oh, he says Yahweh. He doesn't say Yahweh. Yahweh, by the way, is a six letter word, right? It's not the four letter abbreviated concept, right? It's, it's, it's what we would consider possibly an egregore, right? Or a narrative God. So when he tells Moses this, he says, I will become what the Hebrews need me to become. To me, um, from my studies, what that means is he's an egregore, which means he's a spirit created by human consciousness. And I think this is the biggest hint we get that we are actually the creators of all these little G gods. Besides possibly there's actual alien beings that are physical and, you know, exist of their own consciousness the same way we do. When we talk about these spirits and these principalities, what we're most likely dealing with most of the time are things that we made. And so I think that the Tetragrammaton can have two potentialities, okay? One is maybe it's, Maybe it's multiple things. For one, the Tetragrammaton for me, whenever I've heard that word, what I felt it was, is essentially the very essence of reality, like the geometric superstructure that that just gives way to space-time, which when disrupted, manifests reality. So uh, think of it as like in quantum physics, um, there's, there's space-time, which mm-hmm. is kind of like this plane. And as energy activates it somehow, there's some kind of disturbance the disturbance is a wave, but at the P at the, but imagine the crest of the wave particle yeah. exists. That's why a particle is simultaneously a wave and a particle at the same time. Mm-hmm. This is word to flesh. This is frequency yeah. turning into matter. I think word into the flesh is, is automatically that. So the Tetragrammaton to me is actually, it's essentially a hint at what God actually is. Mm-hmm. And then. As this, this conceptual idea speaks to Moses, he's telling Moses the secret key on how to unlock and use it for himself. Mm -hmm. And who's the master magician after Moses and Solomon, but Christ himself. Mm -hmm. And then Christ closes the whole story out by saying, I am that I am. Mm -hmm. When they what they want him to say is, tell me, are you Jesus, the man? or Are you Christ, the God? And that's what they're really asking. I mean, he knows that. And he says, I am that I am. means I am whatever I want to be. Mm-hmm. And that's the secret that you guys are missing. And so I think ultimately that's what the Tetragrammaton really is. Is, a con- is is basically, it was the deepest key, the deepest secret to what we could do with our consciousness and what this place actually was. Mm-hmm. And like many things, many narratives in the Bible and other religious texts, it was stolen from us. By what, you know, we won't talk about too much in this episode, the archons, right? The archons, the demon, the djinn, these sort of supernatural forces that seem to permeate our history in various Mm -hmm. like cave drawings, um, rumors about what the Nazis were up to and their little occult meetings. Allegedly, NASA, CIA were communicating with what they called interdimensional beings and were actually consulting priests, religious figures uh, and asking what the heck they were dealing with they all seem to be connected they all seem to basically disturb human existence infiltrate it try to take it over Mm -hmm. um we look at the fallen angels and how they you know they teach mankind how to make swords right and then have them go to war with each other it just seems like a a lot of otherworldly beings with either vested interests or just a curiosity or boredom where they just Mm -hmm. kind of continually screw with us and that's where it gets really mixed up is, is with this idea of yahweh So I was curious about your thoughts.
1: Well, yeah. So like, I think um, immediately when you're going into the Tetragrammaton, you're, you're immediately associating it with Yahweh, which is what, um, I mean, if you look into it, if you look into the meaning, it's, it's immediately like it becomes inseparable from Yahweh Mm -hmm, kind of, but that's not.
0: And the phrase is telling you essentially we live in a mental holographic universe and we can do whatever the fuck we want essentially i think that's what it's trying to say is that is the true name of god yeah this is a playground it's a sandbox yeah yeah exactly and whatever god is is just basically the producer of the film yeah we're the writers of the film Hmm. right and i think that's that's another huge Hmm. distinction kind of like as they deify christ and you were saying the other day they separate us from the ability to rise up to christ they separate us from what God actually is, give him all the credit, and we just sit around with our hands folded waiting for God to act. And what it really is is God was actually just supplying with us with all the creative force and energy and wanted us to act.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah it like disempowers us and we think that, uh, yeah.
0: And if, if you're going to be logic, logical or pragmatic, if there's a problem in the world and it is a human problem, the logical choice is to try to solve it. Yeah. And it's so weird that we've been um, basically brainwashed and conditioned to not acting on our own problems and instead either being nihilistic or being extremely naive and assuming that some flying saucer or some second coming of a you know guy from two thousand years ago is kind of sweeping and save us. Yeah. When neither are true.
1: In both cases, it's still the same thing. You're just numbing yourself to the things you don't want to look at. Yeah. And the thing we don't want to know is that oh, shit, we're in charge.
0: Yeah, we're, we're the ones that have to act as God, which is terrifying. Yes. And that's, I, I guess I'll touch on that next is the terrifying aspects. So I think there's two reasons that Tetragrammaton, as, a, as, as, a true, as its true meaning, is hidden, is that, one, people who want to retain power wouldn't want you to be empowered by that information right? So there's one side of it. Everyone talks about that, right? Like they want to keep the truth from the people so they don't rise up. And to an extent that's true, but also that's a crutch in and of itself, right? To just continually point out and blame the other. And and it's just classism, right? It's just like that person with more money or more power than me is just the evil bad guy. When, right. when these people are rotated out all the time, it's like whoever fills that position tends to be corrupted. It's not like they have a line of corrupt people, just people are corruptible. And so that's, perfectly fine, that we live possibly in the wrong kind of system. You think of that, that little, uh, I'm not sure if it's an actual research that they did, but this um, the story of it's like a parable. These monkeys are given a ladder and there's a banana on top or something like that. And every mm. monkey tries to go to grab the banana, but every other monkey pulls them down and, and, and they, they remove the banana after a while and the monkeys continue to try to take each other down it's to installed behavior then they bring new monkeys in and they do the same thing without asking any questions mm-hmm. right and so the issue really is the system of, of itself whether or not we built it
2: mm-hmm. i would
0: argue that the system that was built was not built for us or by us mm-hmm. because it doesn't serve human beings again going back to this idea yahweh does not serve human beings right the tetragrammaton and its wisdom would absolutely serve us mm-hmm. so it seems like you know like we, we traded land for for beads and jewels right this like yeah. you know what i mean like we gave up yeah. our real sovereignty our real power for, for, for yeah for an absolute trick it's like it's like invest in me you know what i mean support me and i and, I, and i'll give you a good pay and da-da.
2: yeah
1: like yeah. you needed pay to begin with yeah like no they just made you believe that yeah. every like aspect of the prison system if you want to think of it that way like prison isn't a place you go it's something they do to your mind to Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, So like, I'm thinking the Tetragrammaton is actually the purest form of our concept of Yahweh, which is kind of corrupted. Yeah.
0: Well, so I would, I would say Yahweh is a child of the creative force, which was molded and fashioned.
2: Yeah. And I want to
0: touch on that. We'll probably touch on it a little bit about the the story of Atlantis, because I actually think this connects quite deeply. Um, uh, But also, I think that the reason it's hidden, the reason the real God's not talked about is because it's terrifying on those two levels. One, we're responsible, right? We can't wait for a God, but two, understanding that, uh, morality is relative. No one likes to talk about this. And anybody who is a moral relativist is always scoffed at by other people saying, well, you just want to shirk moral responsibility. It's not the case at all. I know that if an alligator ate a person, right? That alligator isn't going to out of alligator hell and they're not throwing an alligator prison. Yeah. Right. So there's no evil in that. Though we see it that is some kind of evil or tragedy, right? There in and of itself, you find that morality is relative. If a meteor crashes into the earth and kills a billion people, the meteor is not a serial killer. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't contemplate where the meteor is going after it's, you know, turns into sand or mm-hmm. whatever, right? So reality is is relative. Or I'm sorry, morality is relative. No matter there's no argument there that's really the scariest part because when you're looking at whatever the true one God is Mm
2: -hmm.
0: these ideas of yin and yang Mm -hmm. good cannot really be felt and understood without evil Mm -hmm. etc etc that is the truth right and is that whatever God is is balanced right God isn't just one aspect he Mm -hmm. wouldn't be God that right he he wouldn't be the all the whole and so the other difficult part is to experience the true nature of god is to experience all things simultaneously Mm -hmm. Um, absolute ecstasy absolute terror Mm -hmm. and then having the strength and the wisdom of a god to be able to surf that wave and i think that's at the heart of what's so scary and hidden about the true one god is that it's not what anybody thinks a lot of people think god is good god is great he's all compassionate and merciful well that's fine if you're building out your own god your own principality as they talk about in ephesians 6 and daniel 10 that there are these beings that are made manifest through our consciousness right whether it's a given region an empire a culture a language a a a subspecies like a race um those things i think make manifest things in the invisible world which represent those people and so when you say things like uh in, in in uh in Islam, where they go most merciful, most compassionate, they say the 99 Mm -hmm. names of God, Mm -hmm. what they're doing is they're building a comic book character Mm -hmm. in the invisible world, in the metaphysical world, Mm -hmm. supernatural. And then that takes on a life of its own, I think.
1: Would you say that the nature of God is like a creative force in its most pure form?
0: I think
2: so, yeah.
1: Yeah. And so then every kind of like conception we have of a sky daddy is like a something that we've actually tapped into the creative force which yeah. is god and then we've created our idea of god as if it's god
0: yeah 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 and that's kind of like the allegory of the cave right yeah the light is is the creative force and we we yeah. made the shadows yeah. and then we forgot that the light makes the shadow somehow obviously i mean there's been generations and generations so it's not like one person forgot it was like over a series of time mm-hmm. we've slowly forgotten that Oh, we made all those gods that we now think we have to serve. Yeah. It's lunacy, right?
2: We created
1: our own prison.
0: Exactly. How ironic, right? Because we <laughs> yeah. talk about those kind of concepts all the time, but this is like the most epic version of that. Mm. So we've literally created a spiritual prison for ourselves when we could be the creators and makers.
2: Mm. And
0: so I want to relate that to uh, Atlantis and I want to get your ideas on this. Cool. I think the, the fall of Atlantis and Pandora's box are actually the same story. Um, in a sense that the atlantis was working on a technology that they didn't quite understand and it overwhelmed them i think what they basically tapped into was the creative force in some way that brought so much of it uh, of it in at once
1: Oh, okay so it's like sorry i'm gonna interrupt you no you're good yeah so it's like what we were talking about the other day with like where you don't get the power or you shouldn't get the power until yeah. you're ready, until you're righteous, until you're ready to handle it. Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise you just cause your own destruction. Exactly. So that's what happened in Atlantis is, is what you're saying, you think. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I, And so I think what happened, yeah, is they they basically, let's imagine it like zero point energy. Like you open some, a wormhole to the other side and massive amounts of energy pours in. Something like that in a spiritual sense. And since all these people will have still had their trauma and their ego and their bad philosophies that energy moved through their consciousness and they made manifest these lesser gods. And immediately, as soon as you had, you know, two or more praying in its name. Yeah, it is there.
2: Yeah. And
0: I think what that means is that when one person can kind of create something, but once you get that second person, it's like synergistic in some way and a third and a fourth and a fifth. Now you've made that thing more powerful than each individual. Yeah. And it operates in a space that you don't understand. So it immediately becomes more powerful than you. Yeah. And so it's almost like we literally, literally made a actual creature. It's like uh, Jurassic park, right? They bring the dinosaurs back and the dinosaurs turn on them because they're bigger than them. They can just eat them. Right. This is kind of the same thing as that we created a spiritual technology that immediately the thing that came out of it was more powerful than us. Then overtook us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So like that idea of like two, or more people gathering together to to create this thing. Yeah. Like I know I was talking to you about the morphogenetic field mm-hmm. where it's like all all of the ideas that were ever had, like all the conceptions that were ever conceived yeah. exist here. And I was telling you that it's really interesting that breatharianism is a thing. So these people that don't really eat at all, they just, yeah. they get their energy from the air. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, well, you know, when you do that, if you're the only person doing that, then it's like your idea competing against the ideas of everyone else yeah yeah. that's why it's more powerful is because it's just got more consciousness focused on it yeah so it's it's just more focused on the thing which makes it more real yeah which is how some of the little g gods became as powerful as they are is because so many people are focusing on them yeah yeah and our focus is what gives them life yeah yeah. And
0: if you think about even like tech companies and the governments, they're competing for our consciousness. Mm-hmm. It's never really been, the resource has never really been anything else. Nope. They've been producing propaganda since the very beginning. Everything is created out of that. The only thing that's actually wealth in the world is humans, human ideas, human labor, mm-hmm. human ingenuity, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Human, human presence, like, you know, sweat equity, labor. And so in order to have any of those things, in order to work the earth, Mm -hmm. in order to create an invention you need human consciousness Mm -hmm. right and so it's always been a war for how we think and you can even see that from a very materialistic thing like to get people involved in a business right they have to believe in you and believe in the idea Mm -hmm. you have to capture their consciousness for eight hours a day Mm -hmm. five days a week for years and you build a thing i don't think it's any different in the other realm it's like they're literally competing for our prayers Mm -hmm. they're literally like 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 every time we literally pray and create sound frequency and think thoughts we actually feed them a resource kind of like food we've discussed if food is a proper um metaphor for what's happening but it's pretty close because when you stop giving it to them they starve to death in a sense
1: yeah and i mean you can give like reverence or like love to the idea Mm -hmm. and that's probably a stronger form yeah of energy, but you can also create things out of fear. So they're actually in this in the spiritual realm, They're beings are entities that live only because fear lives within us. So they want us to stay scared, they want us to stay in certain levels and modes of consciousness, because without us there, they actually cease to exist.
0: Yeah, so relating that back to Atlantis, um, maybe because this is what they said, they they said they used their tools for war. Now it makes more sense because what if they created spiritual beings, warlike spiritual beings, and once they destroyed their enemy, yeah, they couldn't get rid of them. And those things were only built for fear and destruction. Mm-hmm. So they started eating their their creators. They started mm-hmm. biting the hand that feeds because they were trained to bite. All they do is bite. It's like monster zinc, right? It's like mm-hmm. they got so used to scaring the crap out of the children. They didn't, they had all their systems built for a fear, yeah. right? And it was only till the end of the movie, spoiler alert, that, you know, Mike and, and Sully said, yeah. no, no, we, we need to change the systems yeah. and how we incorporate this energy and we that make them laugh. And it's a better energy. I mean, Monsters Inc. is brilliant, but then, I think it's the same thing. These are monsters that live on in a different world mm-hmm. that travel through portals, portals into your closet and mm-hmm. scare the shit out of you. How many kids have stories about mm-hmm. ghosts in the closet, mm-hmm. right? And so, yeah, I think the reason they would take on this form is one of a couple different things. Sometimes I believe that some of these spirits are actually dinosaurs. Like the way we have ancestor spirits in humans, Mm -hmm. um, like dinosaurs, other predators also have ancestor spirits. Mm -hmm. And they live on lower level conscious beings that are still geared to hunt. And so like, you know, when we feel like maybe like a spiritual attack, it might actually be some other conscious creature that lived many years ago. That, that lives on the same way a ghost lives on for a human being.
1: Yeah. So do you think like specifically with the dinosaur, like a literal dinosaur, you mean, mm-hmm. so it's like, because it existed at one point, it exists in the field and the spirit of it lives on. Yeah. And, and we also feed back into the dinosaur spirits because we learn about them and we think about them a lot.
0: Yeah. And I think that like we talk about, you have more to say, so like reptilians, it's strange i've always been extremely fascinated by reptilians one because youtube puts... are we
1: going are we going straight into that yeah, we're going to go alex
0: jones on this a little bit <laughs> but we're not going to be like reptilians are real watch out but <laughs> the, it's extremely fascinating the idea of reptilians and it does connect to yahweh actually so i'll, I'll circle back after that uh, it's, it's it's actually really interesting yeah so reptilians have always intrigued me one because youtube puts a wikipedia context on mm-hmm. that on that word and if you look at all the wikipedia context of all the words And you put them all together, you have quite an interesting conspiracy theory that makes a lot of sense. It's kind of terrifying. I didn't believe in the reptilians until the YouTube was trying to change the narrative and control how you thought about reptilians. I'm like, oh, shit, Mm. something's actually happening here. But what's interesting about reptilians for me is anytime we say, oh, that person's a reptilian, um, they're actually engaging in reptilian brain behavior. So I was like, this oh. must be the way our brain communicates symbolically, like through mm. dreams. Mm-hmm. That's bad. That's that's a reptile behavior. That's that's yeah. a primal, destructive, yes. fight or flight yes. behavior. And so we'd say, oh, they, they're a reptilian. Like, do they really wear human skin? Like, we make it ridic- ridiculous and fantastical yeah. because we're not able to interpret the symbols that we're being given, mm. right? Like, oh, no, it just means that they're operating in their lowest brain and not operating in the neocortex.
1: So you don't think that this would be like an actual let's say et or like interdimensional being that exists with its own consciousness but maybe even the reptilians are a result of our conscious thought on them
0: well here's where it gets really interesting right so (laughs) that's that part i just explained is is part of like a two or three tiered theory whenever we're operating in this space i always have three three different um theories on what's happening in the supernatural one we're making it all happen with our thoughts yes two there's extra dimensional interdimensional beings that are independent of our creation they were just like you know a planet that evolved and they got to type one or type two civilization and they're just they can interdimensionally travel etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah or three um there are spiritual beings that exist Without our creation, so kind of a mixture. Like somehow yeah. like a thought was created which manifested them. When we look at like uh, the Mayan or the Aztec um, mythology, they talk about a feathered serpent
2: mm-hmm. that
0: visits them and teaches them all these different types of things, architecture, mathematics, they mm-hmm. talk about how they arrive. It sounds like they arrive on a literal sub from the water they called her like a, a, like a long snake or whatever. Yeah. The plume serpent is interesting because then you can talk about the dragon in, yeah. in Chinese um, mythos. So you see this, this feathered lizard across all ancient societies. And when dinosaurs were allegedly becoming extinct, yeah, they were growing feathers. That's really, yeah, that's extremely mm-hmm. peculiar to me.
1: So it was like, I didn't know this yeah about dinosaurs yeah so it's like they evolved to have feathers right as they were going extinct
0: that's what they say so this is where i think this is where i think there's we've been lied to so yeah so here's my theory okay my other theory okay so dinosaurs were here (laughs) yeah they started to develop feathers at the same time they were also starting to develop consciousness the way we did When we had that, for instance, that 4 million year jump where our brain tripled in size, they had a similar thing happen.
1: And they like...
0: They became the reptilians and the greys. Huh. The greys and reptilians...
1: Why the feathers though? I'm so fascinated. So
0: the feathers are just... The the reason I bring the feathers because the last, the last account we have the dinosaurs, (laughs) they're growing feathers and a meteor hits and they all die. Great cover-up story if you're uh, if you become a a, yeah if you're a lizard person it's a great cover-up story so no human beings realize you exist anymore because you're controlling the planet and imprisoning them.
1: I'm sorry, I'm laughing that we're going here on episode three. Yeah.
0: Well, it's but it's it's great because it's not too much of a segue because you're gonna figure, figure figure out how Yahweh actually connects to this. So okay, yeah. So the reason I make I talk about this is because like I said, last last known photo of a dinosaur is growing feathers. And the and scientists projected that um, dinosaurs would have eventually become bipedal, because just logical to go bipedal, be able to use your hands, tool use, consciousness, mm-hmm. da 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 da, civilization building. You can so,
1: predict if you know that's true. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the
0: scientists probably do know it's true, right? But their digits started getting longer, their brains started getting bigger, the eyes yes. were becoming more developed, and they projected. They showed. I have this old book about dinosaurs, mm-hmm. and they project what a dinosaur would have looked like if it had evolved yeah and it looked like oh. a gray alien literally like a gray alien or a reptilian mixed
1: well you I have to like wonder about like probably they had tails right and then the tails would get shorter and shorter but like there are yeah. yeah but yeah and there are also still people with like
2: tails that, yeah
0: exactly yeah. yeah so where it connects to yahweh interestingly enough Yahweh one has many of the same qualities as a Quetzalcoatl or any one of these beings where when you actually take the word God and you don't go down the Ruach etymology, which is Ruach means to breathe and breathe the spirit in and create out of that in prayer. The other side of God is that is that basically perverted version, Mm -hmm. and if you follow all the words right down from German God all the way down with fallen angels and spirits and this idea, you get one concept which has all these words. Demon, God, serpents of bright, shining light that Mm -hmm. cause fright. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Is that can you tell me about the quetzalcoatl because i i need a refresher yeah so
0: quetzalcoatl is the plume is the plume serpent so okay. he's like the, oh, okay. the, the so high lizard it. feathered being okay. that comes and gives them architecture and all of mathematics and then all of a sudden they start sacrificing their people and going back to creating fear and fright which feeds hmm. here's where it gets more interesting okay. so if you were to imagine any creature on the planet that if it became conscious, it would demand human sacrifice <laughs> so it could smell the burning flesh. I don't know. I'd pick a lizard personally, if you're going to pick any of, of the different kingdoms.
1: They're very cold-hearted.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so it's weird that one, Yahweh, enjoys suffering. Mm-hmm. It's, it's weird that Yahweh, to me, is, is, is connected to this idea of the egregore. And you have this demon, light, angel. There was no distinction between a, a lower G god and a demon.
2: Mm-hmm. back then it was
0: all one thing you were always showing respect out of terror
2: mm-hmm. it was
0: never love mm-hmm. there's no gods in the old testament or otherwise that you respected and revere because you love them i mean that's source to come out when you get into christ yeah. right before that it's like don't fuck with them avert your eyes be very careful around them yeah that sounds like you're not trying to agitate yeah. a, a predator they're gonna
1: fuck yeah exactly they're gonna yeah. fuck you up so i think you're gonna get like a lot of pushback on this as you always do when you go into your like yahweh yeah, yeah, thing yeah. Mm-hmm. so can you explain because you and i believe in god right yeah. and that's we're not saying Fuck god that's great oh absolutely yeah. not no, no but a lot of people are going to take it that way because to them yahweh is synonymous with god which mm-hmm. is the distinction we're trying to make so can you like Go back. I know we touched on it, but can you go back into that point where Yahweh is actually different from God? And maybe uh you told me something earlier today about Ruach and like the severing of the spirit. Yeah. In, yeah. And God.
0: Yeah. So kind of like when you think of the natives and the great spirit, it's basically this appreciation for all of creation being pieces of the mystery of existence there's no like like the the spirit of the water water the spirit of the buffalo which feed them like it's all this interconnected matrix of of support which allows us to live and exist there's not like a a monotheistic god in the clouds ever so that's the same thing as ruwak. like when you it's breath and spirit so you're breathing in which gives you life Which which nourishes the spirit, thinking of chi and Holy Spirit, and then that gives you conscious creative power, because you're a piece of God, Mm -hmm. right? There is no God on high that's like, oh yeah, everything's running really smoothly here. Let's tweak this gear, da 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 da. No, so this is again where it gets terrifying. How are we here right now? Yeah. Right, like this is the big question that you know, (laughs) like when you're in your teenage years, all of a sudden you're like, well, who made God?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then you're you either hit a wall and walk away, or you push through, and you're like, "Holy shit!" And you've overwhelmed yourself and broken your psychology for a yeah. little bit. Yeah. So that's because whatever caused the universe to be, it didn't exist. It's like there was just this urge when there was nothingness and all of a sudden there was somethingness and that's where you get to this yeah exactly this is the very paradoxical nature of reality where if we're thinking about linear reality it breaks away because every every cause is actually an effect except for the very first one which they call the first cause god speaking the word the reason we have this god that's like oh yeah god made you know made the word Mm -hmm. into flesh and all that is because we're terrified to actually consider the possibility that there's no way to even comprehend how we're here we put a god in the beginning saying, well no he was here he's always been here it's not a big deal no one's worried about it he doesn't worry that's just that's just us calming ourselves down yeah, it's just putting a hard stop at the philosophical conversation that would melt people's brains if they really thought <laughs> about. it. It's
1: melting my brain right now.
0: Yeah, and you know, it melts in my brain when I first when it first happened to me when I was young. I just asked the question. Yeah, who made God? Who's God's God? Yeah, and then I realized, well, one, we either can't be in a linear universe.
1: Well, yeah, like that's that part of it.
0: Yeah, but even that's terrifying because then how does a circular universe exist? Because then it seems impossible because there's no there's no advent there's no point of manifestation.
1: Well, maybe it's not even like I have heard this idea too of it, of time being circular, but it's like not that either. It's like yeah. a th- it's like a thing it's
0: beyond our ability to even uh, conceptualize. Yeah, like yeah. because
1: uh like everything without time, it's like everything's happening simultaneously and time is just a concept that we have because of the way we're perceiving things from this point of consciousness, yeah. but that's that's not time doesn't really exist right
0: yeah it's it's it seems more like we're we're processing an object and we're getting packets
2: Ugh. and as
0: the packets appear to us yeah. that feels like we're moving through time and so not to get too tangential cuz i want to i want to answer <laughs> oh, your question gonna, too we're gonna... <laughs> yeah we're going to have to i mean this the idea in it of itself is just a giant monster it's... with a thousand yeah tentacles. i mean yeah
1: it's like all these like all these dimensions on top like we're trying to like conceptualize dimensions outside of our own
2: we're trying to say
1: the true name of god outside of our perception yeah
0: yeah yeah Yeah. so the reason yahweh immediately becomes counterfeit you can even do that by a logic truth if god is greater than all things right if it's it is everything he is creator some people believe he's just creator. Some people believe he's creator and created. I think there's something to do with both of them being mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. A Yahweh character that is at the same um, hierarchical level that you know Enki or Enlil or all these other gods that they just kind of like tossed out and just picked one and put that in the Bible. That's strange. Mm-hmm. We're all part of Elohim,
2: mm-hmm. which
0: is which was a was like a council. This seemed to be set up in the same kind of structure the way we would structure councils in a kingdom.
2: Yeah. There
0: seems to be some sort of intelligent hierarchical structuring of an actual society that came here yeah. and governed over us and Yahweh was just given jurisdiction, but I don't think Yahweh was his actual name. I think they just, again, hijacked this four-letter word and say, yeah. oh, yeah, there's an A between here and an E between, yeah, between here.
1: Yeah. Well, that's like the concept, the YHWH or YHVH yeah. is the concept of the Tetragrammaton. Yeah. And then the Elohim is just...
0: Possibly actual beings Yeah. or egregores that and, we created.
1: Yeah, and isn't Elohim like the name that was used... Was it used in the Old Testament, like originally?
0: So, yeah, the Elohim is the Hebrew word for what is in the Bible now is Lord, right. capital L, capital O, yeah. cap, always capital. The reason is because it's a plurality. Yeah. It means multiple. Yeah. And everyone thinks that Lord and God are like synonymous. Are, and Yahweh are all this. They're not. They're completely different. Yeah. They're, there's another one called Hashem mm. in the original. That's a different being. Mm. Than than a Yahweh, yeah. Than the Elohim, right? Than the God that spoke the word and made it flesh. So I think Yah- Yahweh is pretty easy to counterfeit because one, it's it's a perversion of a concept mm-hmm. YHvH, perversion
1: of the tetragrammaton.
0: Yeah, and it's a personification of God into locality it's in like the caricature. universe. Yeah, exactly. So I think automatically, just by logic, it becomes. But then you actually look at what Yahweh did. Yeah, we talk about an all merciful God. This this God was not merciful. He asked, he demanded the foreskins of like a hundred people. <laughs> like,
1: bro, that sounds like some
0: <laughs> real kinky shit. <laughs> Yahweh was way too kinky. Okay, that's like you know, if he's a God, he's gonna balance the kinkiness out. It's not gonna oh. cause suffering. So what ha- Yahweh continually demands suffering over and over again, but yeah. the issue is that he never actually did because he never was actually real. What we're probably dealing with if there was some actual being that was like, yo, cut these people's, you know, members off or go to war with this and slew everyone, the women, the children, destroy everything, enslave them. Give me a burnt
1: offering. Yeah, literally,
0: like, I like the way that smells. It soothes me. That's a big thing. Yahweh demanded, demanded or or requested the sacrifice of human beings because the burning of flesh, the scent soothed him. It's very weird. And that's why. I I, like that. Yeah, and, that, and that's where it shifts again. So is, is this an actual creature? Yeah. Is this is an actual physical being that is is predatory to human beings because yeah. the smell of the flesh would entice the predator that 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 usually eats us.
1: Yeah. I yeah. think these are like these are a lot of questions that people don't want to ask because it's easier to just look at Lord, God, Yahweh, everything, and just assume yeah. that it means the same thing, but it's not. And you read you read the text and you're like oh, that thing did something yeah. way different than exactly. the other thing would have done. Yeah. And it's pretty, you can actually track it by the word that they use. Yeah. You're like, okay, if I were treating these as if they were different things, yeah, then suddenly it's telling me a really different story.
0: Yeah, and, and people might say, what's a big deal? What's the difference? We're all believing in God and we're doing good. There's a yeah. huge difference. One, anybody who are not believers in God, which I think is a real issue, nothing against atheists, but they don't understand what God is. God is so extremely valuable and beneficial to human beings that they understand what it actually means because at the end of the day, it connects to things like namaste, the light in me, honors the light in you. We're both children of God. If I hurt you, I I make a sacrilegious act against the universe and the nature of reality itself, Mm -hmm. right? So it's important. But then if you get a Yahweh character, like, oh yeah, Yahweh is God. And it's like, and then atheists can be like, this guy's a fucking monster. Yeah, you're
1: gonna gonna have people on both sides of the aisle. You got the people who are scared of him. And they're yeah. gonna be like, Yeah, totally, he's my dude. Yeah, like a, don't mess with him, and cut, then yeah. the peop- the other people are the atheists are like, Fuck that guy, like he's
0: an asshole.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. So then they so then what happens is you probably have either some lizard Anunnaki, <laughs> a gray alien that was coming here just basically having his way with 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 underdeveloped primates, right? And turning us into whatever the hell he wanted it's to bread. through gene yeah. experiments. <laughs> yeah, right. So that's one line. People talk about the reptilian and the Anunnaki. So that's one person you definitely shouldn't worship. You might be terrified because our technology is more advanced than you us. You might say that does.
1: you worship him. So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, love I love him. He's great. Where is he? Where is he behind me? You <laughs> the know?
2: best dude i ever met. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Or, or um, it's some kind of egregore that we create. And every time someone says the name and prays to it, it empowers it. But maybe maybe the, re- the fact that we, mm. he's a comic book character who's a villain that we keep giving power to, Maybe part of the reason that our world seems to be collapsing and falling apart is we keep giving this villain energy in the invisible world, which makes manifest the physical world over time. Mm -hmm. We had discussed earlier these two phrases that come out of secret societies. Jerusalem was built in the invisible world first. Mm -hmm. Solomon's temple was not built with hammer and chisel. Mm -hmm. To me, that's saying basically whatever we build here, even this table, Well, I have to imagine the table first. I have to be like, I want to build a table. Mm -hmm. I'm going to need this much wood. I'm going to need these tools to do it. It's going to take me this much time. i got to hammer the nails, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, that's one idea, like word into flesh. It's words in my head or symbols, which then is made manifest through my work. And then scaling that up a business. A business person gets an idea, inspires a bunch of people to build it, and eventually gets created. I think at the same time that we're making manifest physical objects with our ideas, mm-hmm. we're also making manifest these sort of energetic organizations of some kind of, you know, whatever you call it dark matter, call it uh, Higgs boson. I think we're actually making the thing and then that thing has effect. It's like a perfect example of this is the Skinwalker Ranch where they talk about spiritual hijacking. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that go to Skinwalker Ranch and then investigate have extremely strange things happen to them when they come home and it seems like they actually make the people around them sick and start to see scary things in the backyard. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's really, you should look it up. Uh, David Polites does something on Missing 411 where he reviews the show, but also just the Skinwalker Ranch So I think it's on like um, History Channel or Discovery Channel. They talk about this and it's like, it's extremely compelling to the point where you're like, there might actually be this invisible world. Which would explain ghosts, maybe Bigfoot, maybe gray aliens, maybe reptilians, yeah. maybe all of this. Everyone's had a weird experience, like a ghost experience. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have them with somebody else. So you know you're not going crazy.
2: Yeah.
0: I think Yahweh and whoever, like if I made a character right now, right, and just said, Oh, it has this qualities, and everyone watching here, all of a sudden you guys start thinking about it a little bit every day. Yeah. I think we I think it's a very it. yeah, it's very real, but it lives on the edge of fire. As, yeah. as, as the Muslims say, which means it lives outside the visible light spectrum, mm-hmm. but it's just as real as we are. It's just in a different form that we can't understand or perceive most of the time.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm like, I'm having this pop into my head. I'm thinking of this concept of like voodoo. Like, I don't know very much about voodoo, but yeah. all I think I've heard that it works if you believe in it, right? It only yeah. works if you believe in it. But that's not exactly what we're saying because like uh, I know there are people who have like stories of ghosts that didn't really believe in ghosts, but it wasn't their that specific person's belief or disbelief in the ghost. It was the fact that anybody believes in ghosts.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Just having multiple people who believe in it makes it real. So it doesn't even have to be that specific person that's experiencing it. And encountering yeah, it, yeah. they can experience manifestation of somebody else's idea.
0: Exactly, that's and, crazy. That, and I think that's what shows us that there's actually it's real, and there is an ecosystem, mm-hmm. right? It's like a person dies in, in, in a in a house, right? And a hundred years later, someone has, oh, I saw this woman that wore this particular necklace, and blah blah blah. And then you can go find the the um yeah the the relatives and be like, oh yeah, that's that's great great Aunt May. She always wore that. There's something happening here. Right? Yes. Whether or not she held on to the idea of herself and exist as a ghost, or a bunch of other people that loved her hold mm. on to it and pass down the story, energetically she lives in a space. Remember, human beings, we with our five senses, we only perceive like 0.2 percent of the universe. Yes. Why are we so naive to believe that all intelligent life exists within that 2.2%? It's pretty arrogant. Yeah, exactly. There, there's probably because a. Because f- we're afraid. Well, we're afraid. And also, like, scientists have discussed this where it's like we probably saw more stuff back in the day
2: mm-hmm. and that we
0: actually evolved to stop seeing things right. because it just scared the shit out of us. and it But it wasn't actually physically dangerous to us. Yes. There's weird accounts of like people being on roads, like, you know, let's say medieval times, there's this king that comes across this. Creature, and he writes a whole story about it. It's like mm-hmm. it had horns. It had, it had like half goat, like or half horse, whatever down here, like a yeah. minotaur almost. And um, and there was other weird descriptions. And he asked the creature, like he he claims he saw this creature. This was a credible person, because I asked the creature what it was, and it essentially said, "I am the amalgamation of all the thoughts and fears of mankind, Ooh. made manifest into a cre into a physical creature." That's great. This is a legitimate account of a credible person from, I don't know, a few hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. So another thing is there is a point I believe that they can pass through the invisible world mm-hmm. or outside of the, the visible light spectrum mm-hmm. and into this one. And that's why we see like UFOs pop up out of nowhere while you'll see a ghost and then it's gone. And another thing is you've heard a lot of people probably say, oh, bef- like when there was a ghost or whatever, the whole room went cold.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well if they were needing more energy to enter into the visible light spectrum to be seen they need to amplify their power they actually need to pull static electricity from the air they need some source of energy so the room going cold would be the potential energy and those electrons being sapped and brought into them possibly so they could move in for a minute
1: that's kind of wild like uh that raises so many more questions for me because it's like is it like every time that something was only in the invisible realm and then it was brought here, like, is that always pull? The what what? A, like, does it always make the room go cold?
0: Not always, right? Because I'm, I'm, I've heard but of people it, who said that they've seen them, you know? But
1: it's like because the entity actually maybe has like its own consciousness and it makes that decision to do it yeah like i don't understand why that would happen still
0: well imagine it's almost like when we need to turn a light on in a house, like i need to to light a room we we hit the switch and that's connected to a grid maybe they have a whole technology on that side right and they just fucking hit some kind of button or turn a dial and it literally uses like it pulls the static electricity from the given three-dimensional space they're trying to enter it powers them yeah. as a vehicle, almost like a Merkaba or whatever, and then they move in for a, sh- a period of time. Yeah. It's like going scuba diving with an oxygen tank. Mm. You have so much time to be down there, and you got to come back up.
1: I wonder what the motivations would be of an entity on the other side.
0: Oh, so there's, well, there's actually stories on that in Islam. Mm. For, there's another interesting, interesting thing. Where did the stories of genies originate? What type of environment? I don't know. The desert yeah, oh yeah. Wow. the hottest place mm. with the most energy beaming mm. down on it. That and that's where they're that, that's where people come up with the most accounts of a visible like seeing them. Mm. So, of course, they're going to be if, if this Ooh. is true about the room going cold, of course, they'd also be in the desert where it's the hottest 120, 140 degrees. That desert converts barages. to higher energy, yeah, yeah, exactly. So maybe we're actually seeing into other dimensions. Who the Ooh. hell knows? Yeah, that's cool. So, um, yeah, and as far as what they're doing here Mm -hmm. the story goes with a lot of them. i think the native americans have this this in in their tradition too is that what is the issue is is that they like to play with this reality they like to build here because it affects their reality but they can't actually physically do anything so what they're trying to do is motivate us to do stuff Mm -hmm. for them right and so you know think of an idea like a yahweh or whoever or some kind of digit it's like, if they can get you to believe in them, then they can actually come to you because you'll be attuned to their radio frequency, right? Maybe mm. the pineal gland's connected to this too. Mm. And, um, you know, people say, my God speaks to me. You know what I mean? And they really believe it. Maybe that's true, but their God isn't the same as your God because we're not believing in the same God. So their God could be some evil, random, you know, energetic reptilian where mm. your God is more like, you know, some some other good God that was created. Mm. And so what they're trying to do is, Is manipulate us into building the world they want Hmm. and there's a lot of this idea that you know cern and all these other things are technologies that are going to be allow them to transfer over anytime they want and Hmm. so it's interesting it's almost like they're trying to get us to build the portal yeah so they can come over anytime they want
1: sounds like what it is yeah like they don't need cern in uh in the desert right
0: exactly because they can just be made manifest but to create a better system for in and out travel so they can influence this world more and more and more Mm -hmm. because you know just yeah it's just like acquisition of land Mm -hmm. yeah so so the idea is is that the reason they do this and they jump over is because they're trying to influence this world because then they get there's a feedback loop Mm
2: -hmm. so if they
0: make the right things if they get us to draw the right symbols it actually creates a frequency which actually pays them sort of yeah it's almost like the same system here. Just think of it in energetic terms in some alternate dimension.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Pretty fascinating.
1: Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, that just, it just opens so many more doors. It does. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just, the conversation doesn't end actually, because this is like the core of everything.
0: Yeah. Um, I think it's a good place to end it too. I don't know if you had any more ideas or questions hmm we'll just cut that part out if you do have more ideas or questions
1: <laughs> and that's all you need to know <laughs> what is it <laughs> That's all there is to know about Dionysus yeah I
0: don't know you said it differently first you were like and that's how Dionysus works I don't know it was something like that oh
1: I know what it is and that's what Dionysus is really about <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah it's all about that's what it was
1: <laughs> okay go yeah, do yeah, it.
0: grass tastes bad that's what I'm gonna say <laughs> and then you say it the Dionysus thing,
1: and that's we're in
0: like so that. much trouble with Yahweh. We and, just totally blew his spot up.
1: And that's what Dionysus is all about, man.
0: Yeah, that's right. Fuck it up like Dionysus. That's what we say. Get it. Get it as a bumper sticker. <laughs> Drink lots of wine and do weird shit, but not too weird. Don't rip apart the king <laughs> into a million pieces, um, and don't uh, put his head on a spike. I mean, yeah, don't. Yeah, don't. Don't do that.
1: Don't, don't decapitate your son.
0: Party hard, but don't party that hard, okay?
1: <laughs> or if you do, at least learn
0: a lot. Hey, guys, whoa, like, that was cool, though. Take it easy, all right? I didn't mean, like, yeah, I didn't mean murder somebody. I just might get wild, right? <laughs> yeah, so I guess the moral of the story is is that um, you are at the steering wheel, mm-hmm. and you've been convinced by parents, schools, churches, uh, political um, organizations, politicians themselves, CEOs to to sort of sit back and let them take care of things for you, whether that be a God or a person. but you are the writer of your own story and if you're not writing the story, somebody else is writing it for you and you just fit into some you know paragraph and a chapter of theirs. No one wants that. You think it's easier and it's more simple life but you are always subjected to the will of somebody else what what happened here i believe with the tetragrammaton and then it's changed from yhvh to yahweh to now we worship the sky daddy is we were robbed of our intrinsic power wealth and um and um volition to create in this world what we wanted to create uh, i often say you know i i am i am god and i am god but i am a piece of god i am godly i can be, i can rise to the heights of christ and people get so upset about that it's such a strange thing to get upset with somebody about it's like saying i'm going to be an architect it's like no you're too stupid right it's a terrible thing to say to somebody why can't i say something like i can aspire to be a christ or like christ and become a god man mm-hmm. right and she can become a god woman why would anybody yes. be like no that's 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 a terrible thing to, what i can't think highly of myself without being arrogant Mm-hmm. Start to consider the possibility that you're a lot more powerful than you think you are, or that you've been told you are, and that you actually have s- complete sovereignty on this planet. You were born of this planet. The government is not the reason you're here. The religions aren't the reason you're here. The mm-hmm. force of reality itself is the reason you're here. Mm-hmm. And that is the only thing you are subject to, right? Submit to nothing besides what is true and what is good and what is beautiful and to your own self. And to this higher concept of God, which we create through the ideal, right? There's this undifferentiated force that allows for all things to occur. Then there's this ideal of what it means to be a great human being, which creates order within oneself, within the household, the community, and the society at large, and brings about you know harmony, balance, uh, prosperity for everyone. That's what's important. Not what particular God you believe in, because someone else is going to be mad at you if you don't believe in it, or it's blasphemy, or whatever nonsense. There's people that live on islands that have no concept of God or Christ, right? Are they going to hell, right? There's people that you know break American law every day. Like I said, in these in the in the middle of a the rainforest, there's tons of American laws being broken. The Americans are coming in to arrest them, right? It's like what what makes you so privy to it? You were born on this land. It's not their land. They stole it. They stole it from reality. They stole it from the natives. You name it. All these lands are stolen lands. What right do they have to say that they have any kind of jurisdiction over you? And so start to think about it on all levels in states, whether it be physical land, your physical body, um, or your spiritual body or your spiritual essence. Like <clears throat> there is no jurisdiction over you, you are the jurisdiction.
1: Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Nothing to add. Perfect.